and welcome to Unashamed, a Smut Lovers podcast where we just want to talk to you about smut. Today we are doing our part two of our reverse harem uh, episodes. So today is going to be kind of a mix of um, contemporary and paranormal or fantasy. As always, I just want to start out by saying that these are just our opinions. Um, If we like something that you didn't like or vice versa, that is okay. It is not that deep. So don't take it personal. Okay, so the first one that I have today is the Hidden Kingdom trilogy by Lila Rose. This one's a really unique one, in my opinion. Also, I believe this is a poly relationship instead of just a reverse harem. I know we've described in the last two what reverse harem is, but I guess I'll just uh, state the difference. So reverse harem is where there is one female to three or more men. And uh, when we speak about poly, we're speaking about how everyone is together. So not just um, the female with each individual male, but the males are together as well. So in this one, the main female character uh, in the very beginning, she dies and she comes back as a ghoul. So it's really just like a unique concept. You don't see a lot of ghouls in the paranormal fantasy realm of books so that's really cool i enjoy it so she also has a companion that assists her in kind of figuring out how to survive now that she's not human anymore and one of the things with being a ghoul is that she eats humans actually (laughs) so she eats human flesh so if that's something that turns you off then just like keep that in mind i thought it wasn't that bad in the context of the book though so One thing leads to another, and she ends up finding out that there are more supernaturals that exist, more than just her and her companion. I believe he's kind of described to be a dog in the first book, so I'm not really sure if they say what he is in the first book, so I'm not going to spoil it just in case, Um, but he's described to be like a dog, so I'm going to keep calling him her companion. So... She finds out that they're not the only supernaturals, um, and she also ends up learning that she is meant to be uh, the ghoul queen of the of this supernatural kingdom. Uh, she ends up collecting men along the way, and um, like I said, it is a poly relationship, so the men are with each other as well. And it's it's one of my favorite. Uh, reverse harem series so it's just unique uh, characters it's unique world building it's spicy i i just i really enjoy this one i i have reread it and i noticed that the books are like a little bit on the shorter side but it doesn't detract me um, as far as the series goes i still very much enjoyed it the second time around as well i agree yeah, I I really loved it, especially the the poly aspect. Um, I want to say I read this uh, when it first came out, and I had read like uh, poly ish books before, but this one was uh, very much, I guess, what you would expect in a poly book, where like literally everyone is with everyone, and um, it it was great. I mean, especially if you're looking for one of those with male male a heavy male male presence this is the book to go for there there are some themes um just to you know 
read your trigger warnings if you aren't comfortable, uh, you know, but I liked it. I thought it was good. So my first one is Galaxy Circus by Lexi Winston. This is a sci-fi book. However, uh, I want to preface this by saying that I feel like it's fantasy sci-fi if you want to get into it as far as it goes. Because like most of the things that you're seeing as sci-fi, they're like they're aliens, but it's like vampires and you know shifters and and things like that so it's not sci-fi and like you're like it's actual aliens it's just these are fantasy people from different planets uh there's a lot of monster dick in the book so for those of you who are uncomfortable with the uh less human you know what i mean aspect to it uh don't don't read it this isn't the one for you. So this girl, uh, she has been essentially, she, she's been in the foster care system since her parents died in a car accident, as far as she knew, a car accident. And then it doesn't say how old she is, but I want to say like early to mid 20s at the earliest. So she goes and she gets a call from this lawyer and they say, hey, so your grandparents want to pass you down your inheritance and your inheritance is this circus. It's called the galaxy circus. And it's the circus that uh, she's heard about. They show up on earth. There are these people who are like, it's like this far out circus where things like mystical, magical things are happening. And you know, everybody thinks that it's animatronics and that it's fake and stuff like that. And she's like, this is insane. And turns out that her grandparents are alive. She has like, I think three grandfathers they are still alive. And so the lawyer is like, you know, they want to meet you. And for this first year that you're taking on the circus, they want to take you on as their protege and show you around and kind of, you know, help you figure out how to take it over before uh, you officially take over the as the uh, owner and ringmaster of the circus. So she goes and she meets them and they open her eyes to this whole new world. They're like, hey, so by the way, you're not human. You're an alien from uh, the Scarian planet, I think is how it's pronounced. You're a Scarian. And, uh, you know, everybody here is an alien. Everybody, like, basically the, the circus is this, like, kind of tourist thing for aliens where aliens can come work on this, this circus and they get to go to all of the different planets, including Earth, and kind of just see what it's all about you know, see, see what earth is and see all these other things. And, um, there's also an, another kind of plot that's going on once again in the background, however, but it's not something, like I said, I don't want to ruin the plot, but so she needs them. And, uh, the Scarian planet is, so they have to drink the waters of their planet in order to uh, develop these powers. They're basically like humans. They, the way they explain it in the book is all humans are from, the Scarian planet. However, what happened was, was they got cut off from their access to the waters of their planet and therefore lost all of their extra abilities. And so they're humanoid creatures who have like telekinesis, telepathy, all of these other kinds of like powers, you know, elemental powers, stuff like that. And so she starts drinking the water again, even though she's been cut off from it since her parents died, I think for, uh, I want to say 15 plus years. So she's been cut off. And so she has this big surge when she first starts drinking it in, but then nothing happens after that. And there is a plot point 
with that going on. And I don't want to ruin it because it is somewhat of a spoiler. But um, she's more powerful than anyone thinks she is right now. Everybody basically deems her as this human. And so all of the aliens who are like, oh, she's going to take over, they hate her because she's weak. She's as weak as a human. And they deem, most of them deem humans as like below them. They're the lowest man on the totem pole. They can't do anything. They're weak. They're easily killed. You know, there's nothing special about them. But the special thing about Scarians in general is that when they meet somebody and they are attracted to them and the attraction is uh, mutual, is that they get a uh, meat mark branded almost like a tattoo on both of them. And so if it happens, it means that they have essentially a, a, a five and done rule. So they can have sex with that person five times before a mating bond is formed, which I really, really, really loved the idea of that, where it's like a five and done. Like you get to try five before, try try before you buy kind of rule. And so they get to have sex five times. Um, there's a little bit of mishaps and, you know, things like that. But this girl goes around, she's collecting mates and not just mates, but like the strongest of the guys mates that she can. And she's turning out to be the true mates of a lot of these guys, as far as uh, their species goes, which uh, in incurs a lot of wrath and drama as far as it goes within the circus, because she's not showing any sort of powers. So she's, she's not showing any sort of gifts, any of that. And she's mating with a lot of these men that are not that are way way higher on the totem pole than most people think she is and so it's there's a little drama only book one and two are out book three is supposed to be out in december it's it's a lot there's a lot of drama there's a lot of um just so much going on and i know for those of you who aren't a fan of sci-fi i still think that you should give this series a try just because it really feels more like fantasy than sci-fi. And it's oh, it's just so good. Like, I, I'm i a huge fan. It sounds really good. And I'm not a fan of sci-fi. But it still sounds good. So my next one is Kings of Quarantine by Caroline Peckham and Suzanne Valenti. This has a very thick plot. Uh, there's no way I would be able to capture everything in a quick synopsis. but Basically, there is a pandemic going on. So they have the Hades virus uh, in this world. Uh, I don't know. If you remember at the very beginning of COVID, we were kind of all in a panic. We didn't know what we were dealing with. We didn't know, you know, how easily it was to die from it. Um, But that's kind of what they're dealing with in this story. So, um, except the Hades virus is extremely deadly. So if you get it, you have a much lower chance of survival than in comparison to like COVID. So, um, she ends up going to this, uh, like prep school and they actually, I think the name of the series is brutal boys of Everlake prep. It's not Kings of quarantine, but Kings of quarantine is the first book. Anyways, she ends up going to this prep school where you, like, live on campus. Her dad, like, drops her off and leaves and then, like, does not get in contact with her. Um, And so something happens where her dad's name starts getting dragged through the mud. 
like uh, some things come out in the news and like through phone calls and things that basically state that her dad is responsible for creating the Hades virus. So, yeah, because her dad is an epidemiologist. And yes. so he was working to cure the virus or to at least work on it to find a cure. He's he's an epidemiologist. And so it, it turns out that um, then all the news articles are stating that he was, everybody is thinking that he is at, uh, at fault for creating this virus. Yeah. So her dad gets blamed for the virus. Um, and we don't really know definitively one way or another if that's true. Like, we know that Tatum, the main female character, she believes that her dad would never have done this. Like, is he smart enough to have done it? Absolutely. But, like, does that mean he actually did it? Not necessarily. But there's um, a lot of question marks around it, whether or not he did or did not actually create and distribute this virus. So, anyways, that uh, kind of puts her at the brunt of the night keepers. So the night keepers are um, these guys who kind of run the school. Um, there's a lot of like Native American legend and things like that that comes into play. But after these stories come out about her dad, uh, they kind of set their sights on her. And they, due to all of these legends and, like, traditions of the school, they make her essentially their slave. So, um, it is a bully romance. So, if uh, you are uncomfortable with bullying, I would say, like, whatsoever, this is not the story for you. Um, it's a very uh, heavy bully romance. Like, some may say that these men are not forgivable, <laughs> but I, I didn't feel that way, but some would say that. So they end up quarantined. So after she gets this prep school, they quarantine the school. Nobody in, nobody out. The, the supplies are limited. The night keepers, I think, even like take control over the toilet paper. Ha ha, wink, wink. And she befriends one of the teachers or uh, coaches of the school and is kind of like, hey, you don't like the night keepers? I don't like the night keepers. Let's work together to not only get me the fuck out of this school, but to take them down while we're at it. They, um, he does end up being in her harem. I feel like that's not really a spoiler. Like, we know he's going to join. She gives as good as she gets, 100%. Uh, Tatum takes no shit. And if she does take shit, then it's strategically that she's taking that shit. So nothing that nothing she does or takes is by accident. Like, she's she's got a plan. And um, I really absolutely love it. Some of my favorite um book boyfriends are in here i'm 100 a fan of saint he's one of my favorite characters of all time i think um because he's just like he's got extreme uh ocd and i think does he have germophobia yes so yeah. he's ocd and a germaphobe like to the max yeah 
he like and it and any deviation from his schedule or from uh like what is normal for him um just sends him over the fucking edge like he's incredible i love him and um all of the characters are very uh well thought out well well described um i this is an amazing amazing bully romance um the plot is so thick i i genuinely cannot get into everything but the gist of it is there's a pandemic and her dad's being blamed for it and they make her their slave and, I, <laughs> and she's I trying to get out here so one of the reasons it's not really a spoiler because it happens so early in the book uh, in the first book is the reason that these four boys specifically like target her for the pandemic is because one of the boys in the harem uh one of the like bullies like and i mean i'm taking this boy takes it i think one of the farthest as far as it goes his mother dies of the hades virus the day before they find out that her father is being blamed uh so she yeah. she gets sick she's been sick for a minute she was on like uh the antibiotics that were supposed to treat her and then she dies and then he gets the call from his father almost immediately after and it was like oh hey make this girl pay her dad is the reason your mom died yeah so that's yeah that's what ends up happening when like that the news breaks at the school anyways and they i mean they they bully more than just her they bully a lot of people and it's uh it's extreme bullying if uh but it's not done without reason i don't want to say any more than that because it would definitely spoil but it's not done without reason um i think the only one really that is done without a valid reason is Tatum. <laughs> so, but they believe that they have a valid reason for it. So it's just, it's, it's incredible. Caroline Peckham and Suzanne Valenti are amazing authors. I recommend anything that they write, but this is, uh, this was my introduction to them as authors was the series and it is fantastic. Highly recommend. I keep forgetting that this was your introduction to them because you're so on Zodiac Academy and I'm not. That was the last thing I read by them. Yeah, I, ugh, I, I, I read, still I, will not do that series, but I, I, I read, keep reading that this was. I read Kings of Quarantine, then I read um, Ruthless Boys, and then I read, or no, yeah. Kings of Quarantine, Ruthless Boys. Um, and then I read, actually, no, I read uh, Niall's books before I read um, Ruthless Boys. And then Ruthless Boys and then Zodiac. I haven't read Darkmore because it's not finished. So uh, so my next one is um, also, <laughs> well, so I guess not also, but it's a, it's a Zodiac. It's My Fated Zodiac Harem by Ursula Fleet. And so um, this is a almost more of a slow burn harem. Uh, eventually there will be 12 for the Zodiac system, I guess. Uh, so this starts out with this girl. She is, she's just a random person. Like she's just literally just a random girl. She lives like an apartment with like three other girls in New York. Like she's got nothing going on. She's like a she's a bike courier, and um, she's she's got nothing going on. And so all of a sudden, uh, 
this event happens where she is uh, attacked by these random monsters. Like, and, and nothing, nothing really triggers it. Nothing really like, but they're, they're coming after her hardcore. And so she's like, what the hell? So she, then she gets saved by Aries. And for those of you who do follow the Zodiac, uh, the traditional Zodiac is Aries is the first of the Zodiac signs, which it doesn't, it doesn't seem that way because I think Aries uh, starts in April. But uh, for the traditional zodiacs, Aries is the first sign. And so it goes line by line. And so book by book, she ends up with Aries and then Taurus and then Gemini and then Cancer. And so they started out as stars and they uh, have come for this specific purpose. So they started out as stars and Aries tells her, they're like, we have always sung for you. We've always sung your name. We've known who you are. Like, And then when you needed us, we came. They're like these heroes who come from the stars specifically and they come and they get this corporeal body and this like secondary, you know, body, which like obviously Aries, you know, is the Ram and then uh, Taurus is, you know, whatever. Like they have all these powers to save her and she's the 13th sign, which uh, I don't know if anybody has read about like the 13th sign of Zodiac, but uh, so she's like the 13th sign. And then they have these people, the Ophicus, Ophicus sign, whatever, uh, that has, they're basically this house that has been um, dedicated their lives to waiting for the Zodiac signs coming down to, uh, you know, they basically dedicated their lives to like this happening, this event happening where the star signs come down and become corporeal and become real people. And so uh, they're like, you know, getting ready for it and they're fighting against the bad guys. And the bad guys are, is the ancient dark one. And so the dark one is uh, like this ancient evil, I don't know, presence that can't become corporeal without a sacrifice. And so um, its followers, this evil cult is trying to sacrifice this girl in order to uh, awaken the dark one to make it happen. So they're trying to like awaken the dark one with her blood and stuff like that. And um, it's it's like this battle. And so, so far, only um, the first four have come out. So Aries, Taurus, Gemini, and Cancer have come out. She has been intimate with the first three. And uh, I think book three is the, the you know first one out. Um, but the first four guys are out. It's eventually going to be like a 12 harem because they have literally been created and sing only for her. And that's a big thing is like, the stars sing only for her and they sing had they've been singing for thousands of years about her arrival and her birth and her and she's special even though she's just a regular person she has she's like what is so special about me there's nothing i'm nothing i'm average in every way possible but it's just oh, it's it's so good there's there's a lot going on like i really any of those interested in the zodiacs especially but like fantasy and just and sexy times, of course. This is a good one. And it and it'll eventually, I think, be a 12-book series. So uh it's gonna be a, a long wait if you're looking to finish the series before it comes out, but it's it's good. My last one that I have is St. Clary's University by E.M. Moore. So 
the main female character, her father had dedicated his life to trying to find this treasure in the mountains by their house or by where they live. So it was their family's treasure, I believe. It's been a while since I've read this book. So if I'm misquoting anything or misrepresenting anything, please forgive me. It's their family's treasure and he has like dedicated his life to trying to find it. Like his family has left uh, or, or her family has left like little clues and stuff, but it was very well hidden to the point where like it's a, a huge thing with a bunch of different people trying to find this treasure. But since it's their family's treasure, it, it's kind of become an obsession of her father's. So he passes away and uh, she is left to kind of try to pick up his legacy and like protect his legacy and their family name and their family treasure. And like she's trying to find this treasure first so that her family can be the one that found it. So she's not the only one that is trying to find it though and so her stepbrother and his two friends um are also they're part of a team that uh has a lot of money and they're trying to find this treasure as well so she does not have any money that's part of uh part of it is that her father like depleted all of their finances trying to find this treasure well, and, and so, not, not only that her father depleted the money, that here's the thing is like the first generation of Clary or the first generation of her family that found it, they lost the treasure. They lost the way to it. So like they, they found it and then they they didn't map well enough, whatever it was. They they lost it. So that's they're like huge town jokes. They're the town jokes. They found this big yeah. huge treasure. They brought a little bit back and then they lost the way to it. Yeah. So that that's why her dad has like dedicated his whole life to trying to find it is to like reclaim the family name and like the reputation. Her stepbrother and his team, they have money and they're also trying to find this treasure and they're trying to find it first. And so it becomes, you know, they become enemies because they're on different teams. So uh, she's essentially doing it by herself. And he has a team and money and resources. And she really does not. The only thing that she has is uh, an extreme knowledge of the land because her dad, you know, was teaching her up, training her up to be able to find this treasure. And so something happens and they end up working together. Her and her stepbrother and his two friends, they end up working together to try to find this treasure. And I don't want to give really much more than that away because it would be spoilers to the plot but they do end up working together and they become her harem um and it's it's so unique um this like treasure hunting plot line i so enjoyed it i really really love that series also it is a spin-off of um like a bunch of em moore's books or, or series are connected in some way or another. So uh, if you read one of them, you could really read all of them and you would see like cameos from 
other characters in them. And um, it's I, I really enjoy that because you see characters show up and you're like, oh, that's so-and-so from this series or they got their own book or whatever. And so, I don't know. I just think that's cool when that happens. But yeah, there. so there are some cameos in this one from other characters in different books. It's a really, really enjoyable, unique series. And I really, really loved it. Yes, I did as well. I, I'm not always a fan of Ian Moore, but this, that series, and then she has a like a couple more that I, I'm super interested in. So my last one is Defeating Nightmares by M. Sinclair. This is the third book in a series. I don't think I've talked about it before, but I've talked about M. Sinclair enough. I think that you guys all know where I'm going. This is very sweet, uh, but... This one is centered around the ISS, which, uh, so it's it's a monster book. And so uh, M. Sinclair is known for mo- mostly her very sweet harems. Like, she doesn't have a lot of bullies or anything like that. This one is uh, book three of, I think, four. However, don't quote me on that because M. Sinclair has been known to go for four books and then have four more after that. So don't quote me. It starts out with her main character she is she's originally thought to be human there's classes of monsters so there's like the s class the a class b class c class and d class d class monsters is like they're barely a threat they're nothing to humans and uh, you know see they can meet with humans c class also can meet with humans they're kind of barely a threat too B class is a little bit of threat. A class is like they not only cannot meet with humans, but they're definitely a threat to humanity. Um, and then S class is they're a super threat to humanity uh, for whatever they are. They absolutely like they cannot meet with humans, stuff like that. So Arabella, the main character, she was born, she was dropped off at the Institute as an infant and um, the owner of the institute, who was originally thought to be a human, which I don't want to spoil, but I guess that was a little bit of a spoiler, but he was uh, thought to be human. He takes her in and he raises her as his adopted daughter because she was raised on the step. She was raised with a nightmare class. He's basically like the boogeyman under your bed. All of the fun, scary things. So he... The nightmares or the monsters, they feed on the fear of humans. So what they, they haven't, they've come out. I think they've been out for like, I want to say 50 to 75 years now. They've come out to humans. They've said, we're here. We're not going away. We've been here forever. All the things that bump the night we are around. And so Arabella is living in a world now where she, everybody knows that nightmares exist humans either have one of two reactions they're either tolerant or they're intolerant the non-tolerant people created the uh ma'am group the man against monster group they try to eradicate monsters whenever possible uh they they're evil they're the awful evil mean people that you see you know the antagonists of the book 
And so they try to like, you know, kill the humans, whatever. They created these like massive compounds where they, they kidnap children, child nightmares, and they, they're experimenting on them. They're abusing them. They're hurting them. And so Arabella's group goes into these uh, compounds and they free monsters and they free the nightmares. And they bring them back to the ISS Institute where they can be trained either as a team or just just to get to help and like you know be live live a normal normal life you know where they can find their mates and stuff like that and so arabella is part of a harem i think it originally consists of like five people and then um it grows as the story grows obviously uh, and sinclair is really big about that where like even if like you start off as best friends like usually the harem grows no matter what it starts out as or like, you know, it just, it, it usually grows as far as it goes. So I think it, it ends up at six so far. She is in this group and she is in love with them and they are in love with her. You, it's a multi POV for the most part. And humans obviously cannot, she's with like the biggest baddies there is. And uh, she can't meet with them. She can't be with them. So she's hiding her feelings and, they're trying to respect the boundary, but they're like, you know, we're, we're obsessed. Like we will not be letting her go anywhere else for anything. It's a really interesting take. I feel like on the monster, uh, love thing, because a lot of them, they have shifted forms where like, it's like your monster form is one thing. And then your shifted human form is another. It's an evolutionary thing that happens. It's so good. Like I said, M. Sinclair always writes a really good world. She always writes a really good romance. She always, there is a little bit more angst in this one, not just because she's hiding her feelings, but also as the books go on, I just read the third book and not only did it answer a lot of questions, it also raised a lot more questions and it just, I feel like as far as it goes, this is shaping up to be one of her best series. Nice. Well, that's exciting. All right. Well, that is all we have for you today. We will be uploading a, I think it'll be a bi-weekly, but we may We're doing a do new thing different. next week. Yeah, We're doing a spin the wheel. So we'll actually have more information for you next week on it, but it's a, a spin the wheel game. A little bit like a bi-weekly, but a little bit different. I think it'll be definitely different. Yeah, it's going to be kind of like a game. So we're going to work out the rest of the logistics on that and we're gonna try to incorporate that in so that should be exciting so yeah we will see you next monday thank you for listening thank you bye bye